fading skills on point. <laughs> right, welcome back. Season two, Yorkshire Pod. Uh, we have a guest episode for you today. You've seen the title, you know who the guest is, but I'll wait just one minute before we do bring him in. Um, massive, massive amounts of effort and time goes into these, not just from ourselves, but especially from our guests that come on, because me and Birdie choose to do this, but massive thank you to our guests. If you do enjoy this content, make sure you are subscribing and liking and sharing it. It costs you absolutely nothing and it helps us no end. And comment if you like seeing guests like we have today, which are incredible, comment down below. Um, thank them for coming on from us. Um, and it helps get the video out there as well and gives it the justice it deserves. Before I get onto our guest, Christopher Birds, thank you very much for joining me as ever. Pleasure, mate. How are we doing today? How are you feeling? You good? I'm all good, mate. All good. How are you? It's warm. Very warm. Uh, too warm, some might say. A bit, of a bit of a heat wave. Yeah, it's rotten and it's very hot in this uh, studio, if <laughs> yeah, I'll be generous to us and call a bit it that. Of sweat towards the end of the episode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are joined today, um, like I said before, by an incredible guest. Uh, this person has an incredible life story, has multiple YouTube channels, um, has raised money for charity, spreads a very valuable message and in general is just an impressive human being. It is Mr. Ryan Gadsby. Yeah, what an Oh, intro. sorry. Right, I've <laughs> an emphatic entry and then didn't do my clapping. Get a round of applause. There we go. Mr. Ryan Gasby, nice to have you on, mate. Thank you very much for coming. No, thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, and what, what an introduction there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lovely, that, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Just no. forgot the clap, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, mate. It's all right. I'll let you off. The one Everyone thing I wanted. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, and thank you very much, you know, uh, we've seen your work from quite early on from when we started this. Uh, I remember seeing a video, the first video I saw of yours, uh, for those who don't know, and also, I've not mentioned, sorry, um, all of Ryan's information will be in the description down below of the YouTube video. Make sure you go and check him out. His quality is unbelievable and the content is so valuable. So yeah, if you've heard of us and not heard of him, then go and check him out, um, definitely. Uh, but the first video I saw, sorry, was you were in Doncaster, uh, in Donnytown Centre, uh, doing, I think you were, you were either doing something for charity or you were something to do with the homeless. Is that right? That's, yeah, yeah. So, so this is quite a with, while ago. This yeah, yeah. I was working with an organisation called Warm Hearts, and he basically it's just based on one guy called uh, Jordan, and he goes around Doncaster and just gives out sort of sleeping bags, tents, clothes to homeless people. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I went down, did a little filming, did some work with him, and yeah, it was really, really, really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, I think that was my biggest video on that channel. Um, just going around Doncaster, so. Oh, is that channel no more? Uh, no, not anymore. Well, there's still some videos on it, but, you know, we just run out of time with that. And, you know, I always felt like creating them videos, you know, I wanted something more, like, because they were my first ones, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to do something more, and I've always uh, wanted to be someone who makes an impact in important topics. And yeah. Yeah, it just didn't feel like I, I was getting to that with that channel, so. No, was it a family member that or something? Because it seems to be you... And two other people, more often than not, or, but yeah, certainly yeah. you and one other person, an, yeah. older, an older male. Funny enough, it was called the Yorkshire Lads. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yorkshire Lads. Very like, similar name. I was um, thinking copyright infringement, yeah. No, I don't no, know where got the name from. <laughs> no. yeah. yeah, we had like, uh, it made basically just a laugh and we made some, you know, good videos now and again, like about mental health and then, um, you know, just storytelling one, storytelling podcasts oh. and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, it, it, it were a really good channel and it got me used to speaking in front of the camera, which has been really valuable now oh. while with, with what I'm doing now. So yeah, good. Well, we have a lot of ground to cover today, mm -hmm. but there is always one land on which <laughs> we must start. And uh, Chris with Bits, 
Take it away, mate. We all always venture <laughs> to this place. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> to our stomachs. Yeah, where we naturally always end up. Yeah, um, I, I know what the question's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there we go. You know what the question's going to be? Um, we like to ask all our guests who come on um, what their death row meal would be. Um, we always say no holds barred. Whatever you want, you can have. have yeah. Five starters if you want. Um, but yeah, It'll start a while, though. <laughs> <laughs> we have the, um, yeah, the, the leaderboard, the... Which will be there yeah, now. Yeah. It has to be. Sorry, mate. <laughs> it's all right. It's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, start a main dessert and a drink to wash it all down with. Fire away, mate. The start stage a main is yours. Dessert, okay. Starter, I'm going to go with spoons, chicken wings. Ooh. What? Go in there right. for the, you know, cheap and cheerful approach. I like it. Or have you ever have you ever had spoons, chicken wings? I think I have, You yeah. must have done. This, yeah. man, this man loves a chicken wing. <laughs> yeah, he likes chicken wings. Honestly, the best chicken wings around that, I've got to say. What dip was in? Uh, it comes with a perry and a blue cheese. Blue cheese, dip. yeah. Yeah. Oh, I might have had it. it comes with perry and blue cheese. This, this, and it costs this much. It has a succulent flavour. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, the main. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Can I? I'm gonna mix in with two mains. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Gonna Look, go we're all gonna be dead tomorrow, so you know. What yeah, I mean? go for it. it man. Go for um, it. I'm gonna go for uh, TGI's um, Jack Daniel's chicken bites meal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go for that and the ultimate uh, unlimited fries. And I'm going to go with a KFC Zinger burger. This guy knows. This guy knows. That's yeah. good. It's good. With a big box, a bit of a gravy that I just put the whole burger <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, soak yeah. it. Nice. KFC gravy is top tier. Yeah. All right. So strong starter, strong mains. Pud. Pud. This is going to be a weird one. All right. <laughs> but Asda. They right. were banging melted chocolate cake, right? Right. It is incredible. Um, it's three pound for a full cake. <laughs> uh, cake. Use code Ryan. <laughs> get ten percent off. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's so nice, and you know, pop it in microwave. Uh, Forty seconds, you got a little ball of heaven right there. So, right. Oh, there we go. Yeah, lovely jubbly. If you don't know, now you know. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You, you know my secret. Oh, yeah, I'm in a bit of custard, or oh no, no, no just can't be doing so. that now. God, God's sake, Chris. <laughs> not in retirement, home, are we? So, that's not. And then to wash it down with. Uh, just Coke Zero. I'm going to go Coke Zero. Coke Zero. So, chocolate pudding, chicken wings. It's very hev- chicken it's heavy. Chicken heavy. That's it is chicken that. heavy. Chicken man. Yeah. I am a chicken um, man. What are your initial thoughts, Chris? I like it. I like it's, it. It's strong. But I'm, I'm thinking purely in terms of uh, a diverse meal. There is a lot of chicken, like I said, mm-hmm. a lot of chicken. Mm-hmm. And I, I do like many a meat. Sorry, uh, we've already had a vegan episode. And I, I, <laughs> I'm really sorry. I do, unfortunately, like a lot of different meats. Um, so I'm going to let you go first. And then I'll, let me go first. Because I feel like yours might be more generous than me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, them, them chicken wings sound nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, first time I'm hearing about them. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's strong. I'm going to go... Yeah, for the diversity factor, I'm gonna go seven point eight. Seven point eight strong. I'll tell that. I'll yeah. tell that. Yeah. I'm gonna be a bit harsher. Maybe a slightly harsher. I'm very sorry, Ryan. Um, <laughs> remember, I bigged you up. I'm gonna go with. What did you go? Seven point eight. Seven point eight. That's strong, you know. Uh, I'm gonna go. Like I say, it's, it's a lot of chicken, but I do like the sound of everything. So I'm gonna. It's hard it. for you to discriminate. Yeah, yes, exactly. Okay, I'm I'm gonna go with a seven. Okay, because yeah. I think that's still quite nice. To be quite honest, if we're saying five is average, that's just still that's just an above average meal. Mm. 
I'll take it. So take that, it. that averages you out at 7.4, which puts you mid, middle, top middle of the pack. No, yeah. Off I think the top of my top mind. Half. Top half, innit? I mean, it will be here. It somewhere will, around here. So you'll be able to see where Ryan Gas beers. Yeah. All right. There we go. I'll take that. Yeah. So I think that's respectable. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. No one's going to beat Josh down at the bottom. So it'll be in the comments now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. With the meal out of the way. Uh, I think it's worth saying if you are listening to this this podcast, um, Ryan is obviously well versed in his own story because he's lived it. And me and Birdie uh, are choosing to come and, and and speak and learn from Ryan, and we're really grateful to do so. But just in case anybody listening or watching has had any adverse experiences and uh, speaking about these topics might um, irritate that or or cause distress to you, then this is just sort of a trigger warning to you. You know, we're going to be covering some some quite traumatic ground um, to do with sort of a child, uh, children ass assault, really, essentially. Um, and if it's not what you want to listen to or what you want to see, then obviously I would advise, this is your warning uh, from all of us here, you know, we are going to go and speak about this respectfully, but if it's not something that you can stomach, then then by all means, just click off the video um, or, or stop listening to the, the podcast and, and tune in next week. But ultimately, we think this is a very, very important thing um, and something that is rarely spoken about, which is a big issue and something that is why we are so grateful Ryan's here because speaking about things is what makes them better ultimately. But we'll get into that. So yeah, if, if it's going to affect you, then no offense taken by any of us, I'm sure Ryan included. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's absolutely fine. Uh, click off it. Yeah, I 100%. think that's the message. Um, but if you are in it for the long haul, it's going to be an absolutely great one and we're going to learn a lot. I'm looking forward to it. So I guess we'll start with, you said that you've, you've stopped with um, Yorkshire Lads. Yeah. Um, you have Edge of the Bed yeah. as a channel and uh, Edge of the Bed podcast as a, as a sort of a sister channel or, or as a, a caveat of that. Um, what does it... I mean, edge of the bed. It's a very particular name. What, yeah. what, where does that come from? What does it mean to you? Yeah, this is like the main question I've got. Like on other <laughs> podcasts I've been on and stuff. Like, oh um, no, we're recycling questions now. Oh God, I mean, no, it's a good question. It is a good question because it does make when you hear my story, it does make your mind go to you know places. Yeah, and and that's exactly what it is. You know, the edge of the bed. That's where a lot of the abuse happened. A lot of the sexual abuse happened, and um, you know, the the edge of the bed. It's it's an for me, it's a negative space, but also it's a space where I dissociated a lot. And I'll go into dissociation a little bit later on, but um, it's um, when you uh, experience child abuse, sometimes you can your mind goes to different places and you can remember memories and stuff with loved ones and stuff like that. You, you go to different places. So in fact, when I think back to the memories of it, I can't remember much of the abuse, but in fact, some of the memories that came from the dissociation from the abuse. Mm. And so... Um, and so, yeah, it became like a positive sort of place for me in sort of that and, and helped me process what had happened. Right. And so that, that that's where the name come from, comes from. Uh, and I also did the first episode on the edge of the bed just to sort of introduce it. It's like a, a gimmick almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was like, um, yeah, just sort of uh, showing people like this is what we're about. And, and I did the first episode sharing my full story. Literally there. on yeah. the edge of your bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that. It's, it's in your, it's in your face, yeah, but yeah. in a good way. Yeah. This yeah. is what it is. Yeah, yeah. this is what is, is happened and what is happening to other people. Yeah, um, I like that. It's very and also uh, turning, which a lot of this is what this is about. Which is why I think it's a, not necessarily because I know it's a deep subject, um, but a lot of what you are about, as far as I know from the outside looking in, is about 
really using this and saying, I'm going to do good with it. Um, yeah. And, and to flipping that on its head. And I quite like the, the whole sort of middle finger it is of having the channel name as like of that as if to yeah. say, yeah, that is not going to define my mood or, or my perspective on life. I like that. It's, it's a, a middle finger. To, yeah. To the that, that's it. Like if I can, because what, what do I gain from it if I don't make anything from it? What, I lost eight years of my life for nothing. So is that what it is? So that's what, I guess before we go with that then, in quite a big open question, and I know it's it's hard to just say, tell us the story, but, you know, <laughs> there'll be people, we, we've obviously done research on you and, and seen some of your story anyway, but for those of our viewers and listeners who won't perhaps won't have done, this might be their introduction to Ryan, Ryan as, yeah, as yeah, a person. It might be their introduction to Edge of the Bed. Like, what... You know, in as in as much detail or not as you want to go into what what happened across those eight years. What was the yeah? So it all started when my mum started going to church, and it's a church just not far from here. And um, and my mum, you know, was quite poor. As a family, we were quite poor. My dad left us when we were quite young, um, and yeah, we were close to getting evicted. And so I feel like my mum started going to the church. Not for religious reasons, but for like a community. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like a it lot relief, of people, yeah, yeah, a lot of yeah. people do that. They go to church for a community rather than yeah. the religion itself. Um, and we started going, um, and I started to notice this guy like watching me. And as a kid, you know, you just smile and you carry on. You don't take notice to it, but it's only looking back that I notice, you know, these these things. So, um, <laughs> and then slowly over time, he started to introduce himself to me. Um, he used to give me extra biscuits at the end of the service to give like drinks and biscuits to the kids after every service and um yeah he used to give me extra and then uh, he asked my mum for her number and when I saw him I was like oh I recognize it that's the guy that always tries to talk to me that always yeah. tries to like sort of um yeah make conversation with me so it was like oh yeah go on it go on it and we was like pushing my mum to go on this day because we thought this was a really nice guy and from a really young age like all I ever wanted was a dad like yeah a lot of a lot of single, uh, not single. A lot of kids in that position, where your mum's position, get protective over the mum uh, and don't want her to find someone. Where it's interesting to hear the other side of, I wanted, wanted her to go up. Yeah, you were, yeah, like yeah. you were like this guy goes church as well as yeah, a yeah. kid, like mm -hmm. good bloke. Yeah. Um, sorry, but anyway, go on. Oh no, yeah, it's right. fine. Um, <laughs> and and yeah, I, I always sort of saw my friends with their dads, you know, playing football stuff like that, and I never had that with anyone. Yeah. So it was like. Uh, I always wanted that and I thought you know not consciously I can't remember thinking this but I'm, I'm sure this is what I was thinking um like that's what I want so yeah. we really pushed my mum to to get with this guy like go on a date with him and stuff and um they went on the first date and he asked if we could come as well which is obviously quite odd looking yeah. back like on the first yeah. come on the date yeah on the oh, first okay. date uh, to KFC so he's a classy guy you yeah know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no old bard yeah yeah good splashing all out you know um and, and, and then, yeah, it progressed from there and to a point where we started staying at his house. And um, I had always been scared of water and shower, bath time, stuff like that was always a massive, massive issue for me growing up. Mm. Um, like my nan and granddad used to live up their own. They said they could hear me screaming every time that I had <laughs> oh, a shower. Wow. Like no one, no one could um, sort of calm me down. Actually, there was one person that could calm me down. It was my Auntie Jackie. She wasn't really my auntie, but she was... Oh, I know the type. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. We've all got an Auntie yeah, Jackie. Yeah. I but think. actually, yeah. she, she was the woman my dad cheated on my mum with. Oh, God. But she didn't know. <laughs> but she didn't know. So then they became friends, like, oh, let's get him back, sort of thing. Oh, so right. Oh, right. So okay. They became friends. Yeah, I get you. She became like our dad in a way. Like, we'd go to hers on weekends. She'd right. like, buy us Christmas presents and stuff like that. And she was the only one that could bath me. She'd 
She'd, when I'd uh, lay down, she'd say, oh, you've got, you've got a friend in the ceiling called Jack and you can tell him all your worries, all your problems. And that was the only thing that could calm me down. And I used to just lay down and talk to Jack. Chat and to Jack. Him. Yeah. Oh, and I got bullied at, in primary school as well. So I used to just sit there and talk about, oh, this happened, this happened. Um, and yeah, it became like the only way that it could calm me down. Um, so it's like a release. So yeah. 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 Someone who, who is impartial and can only listen. Uh, do you know what? A lot of people uh, love, sorry love pets for that yeah yeah they'll talk yeah. to the because you know because they can't talk back um yeah. and and you sort of decide what a dog or a cat's thinking don't you mm -hmm. you think oh they're so understanding and they might just be thinking you're gonna <laughs> give me my tea yet or what like, oh, we do. Yeah. 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 like do like a voice for arlo yeah like, like talk for him kind of thing yeah, yeah. and you and, and you decide and I, and that's similar yeah, yeah. you yeah. get yeah, to, yeah. you get to put your you get to put your shit down for lack of yeah. a better way of putting it and, yeah. and um, it gives you somewhere to do it and offload. So I think that's, a, it's good advice from her actually. It's yeah, really, yeah. really good. Um, actually, sadly, when the abuse started, she passed away um, oh, and God. I never got to say thank you for, because yeah. later on I'll explain, she re it really helped me in a way sort of process what happened, what 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 she taught me. So, um, but yeah, so when we started staying at his house, it came, came to bath time and obviously I'm kicking off, like yeah. start crying and everything like that. And then, um, how old are you? Sorry, Ryan, at this time. Okay, yeah. Right. So I'm about seven, nearly eight at yeah. this time. Um, around that age, I'm, I might have just turned eight. I can't, I can't remember exactly when. Yeah, I know it was near sort of December time when we started staying. Okay. Um, and then he was like, "Oh, uh, I'll help you in the shower." And at this point, it became like, so because I always wanted a daddy, he became like my best friend in a way. You know, yeah. kids attach to people so quickly, don't yeah. they? Oh, like. Yeah. It's just like they'll, they'll like him, and then a minute later they're grabbing onto him, mm -hmm. and, and that's what it was like, you know. And and from an outer's perspective, um, you know, people would say, "Oh, their relationship is so good to my mum and stuff like that. Look how yeah. close they are," because that's how it looks like. Yeah. Um, and and so I was like really excited to get, you know, to be helped in this scary situation by him. Mm -hmm. Um, and so um, got in the shower, and then that's when the fir first time that the sexual abuse happened. And, you know, this progressed as the years went on. Um, and yeah, it was, it was confusing, but I didn't know there was anything wrong with it. To be honest, I, at the very start, I didn't know there was anything wrong with it. The things that were happening didn't hurt. Yeah. It wasn't concerning to me. And he told me, this is what dads did. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. what, it's, that's what these say, people that's one of the do. things you made, said in one of your videos, like you yeah. made you think that's just what the yeah. role of a dad is kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, that's what he did. Yeah, he said, uh, "This is what Dad said. This is normal. Uh, I'm helping you. Think, things like this at yeah. the start. This is what he, this is what he told me." And as a kid, like I'd never been told where the no-go zones on my body are. Yeah. I never said if any, no one said to me if anyone touches you here, you are to tell someone straight away. So I was like, "Okay, you've no frame of reference." Yeah, like, yeah. you you don't know. You're, you're not to know yeah. what's right and what's wrong at that stage. Yeah, that's it. And yeah, and and yeah. So I had no clue. Just went out of that bathroom and. And acted like you know nothing had happened. It's cracked on, yeah, yeah, cracked on, yeah. Um, in fact, you know, I was quite giddy and stuff like that after it happened because I'd get treated by him. I'd get yeah, you know yeah. extra stuff that, and right, that's also yeah. how they do it. And and also in psychology, I'm a psychology student as well. Um, there's a thing called negative and positive reinforcement, and mm. and what happens is is if a child is um, praised for certain behaviours, they learn to you know want to do not want to do it, but they're not bothered by it and you know they and and almost i guess invite it to yeah some yeah because yeah. they yeah. want the reward so yeah, that's exactly what yeah. it is so that's what it became for a couple of years and it's it, the sexual abuse um progressed it happened after school um in my bed in the garage loads of different places on holidays 
like it happened all over. I won't go into like every single instance. Oh I'm no, sure. yeah, yeah, don't yeah, expect yeah. you to do that. <laughs> no, yeah, like, and obviously around this conversation, just to mention it, like I don't think details are needed as much because it, it scares people away. It does scare people yeah. away. Um, and that's not, not what we want at all. We want oh, people to, oh, absolutely not. to be discussing this and talking about this. So, <clears throat> and, and yeah, so it started to fade out when I was about 13, 14. And what I mean by fade out is it literally between eight and 12 slash 13, it was like every day nearly like the sexual abuse happened every day. Yeah. Right. And then when it got to that, it was like every week, every month, once so often ended. Right. So I can't remember the exact last time. But, um, but yeah, it just faded out. But am I right in thinking it's almost like, um, so, so the sexual abuse might be, might've been lessening and lessening. Ooh. But as far as I can, uh, gather and again, um, this is why I'm asking, not telling, cause it's your life. But as far as I could sort of fathom is whilst that might've been reducing, there was quite a sort of a, a controlling behavior of, of this man who was telling you how to live your life. You're not allowed to go and see X, Y, and Z. You're not allowed to have a girlfriend. I think at one point yeah. was the case. Um, so whilst it, it, almost with that, if in terms of he's not um, doing anything physically to you, but he's psychologically controlling you still. Mm -hmm. um, so as far as I could gather that the sexual abuse is maybe feigning down, but the psychological abuse is still there. Like yeah, yeah. you, it, it was like a power thing maybe from him or something. Yeah, it definitely was. Yeah. yeah. And it, it actually the switch between aggressive and cause he was really nice and then aggressive. It was pretty much on one day. Um, I think I was around 14 and you know, you get to 13, you learn about sex, you go to high school, you know what thing, I knew what had happened to me at that point. Yeah. But before that, I just, like I said, I thought it was normal. Is that, is that when you'd started to become aware then? When yeah. You, when yeah, you've gone yeah. to high school and you started in your sex ed classes and stuff like yeah, that. That's yeah. when I was like, oh my God, this is what's happened to me. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, that was completely wrong. And so I confronted him and I thought from his behavior before that, that was a safe thing to do. I thought he would apologize. I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I confronted him and I said, I know what you did to me when I was younger. I remember saying this and, um, it's, it's quite hard to remember, but it, it was the first time he was violent with me. Um, he grabbed me by the throat and he's like, I can't remember. I literally can't remember everything he was saying, but I, all I remember is his spit like coming in my yeah, face yeah, and yeah. stuff. And, um, and he say, he, he used to say things like, cause this happened after this, um, you tell anyone I'll kill your mum, I'll kill your sister. Yeah. Or what would your friends think if they heard about what happened or they think you're gay, stuff like that. And yeah, it was that shift from the sort of uh, manipulation to like full force, like sort of threaten, threats, stuff yeah. like that. So he was yeah. scared. That's the, when I hear that, I think he's scared. Yeah, he's like scared, he, scared of the truth. Coming yeah, out. like he's thinking, right, okay, so at this point, I've I've convinced Ryan this is what life is. Yeah. This is this is normal. I'm yeah. I'm dad now. This is what you wanted. But Ryan's got me. That's not normal. Yeah, Ryan comes home, challenges me. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I. Uh, speaking as him up until now, positive reinforcement, like you said, I'm going to keep this person here. It's always better to fear is not a good motivator, no. right? In anything you do in life, uh, if you're a good boss, then you inspire, you don't fear. And that's what he was clearly trying to do. But then yeah. when Ryan, again, I'm sort of just surmising from what you're saying. When Ryan, then you come home and say, hang on about something's not right here. He flips because he thinks, Right. Okay. So that positive control I've lost. So now yeah. you have to be scared of me or else this is going to go out. So I, I'm say, scared. Yeah. So you have to be scared yeah, of me yeah. now. That's my own. That's the only way to me to protect myself. Yeah. You have to be scared not to say anything. Yeah. yeah. And that's what he did. It's kind of gone from him thinking he can have a hold over you with the sexual abuse going up, growing up. And then him realize you've switched onto that now. So I need to have 
a different hold on you and that's yeah. going to be me just making you scared with violence and threats and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You, if you're not going to love me because I can't convince you this is mm -hmm. right anymore, now you're going to fear me. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And you've got to think about like the sort of drivers, like from a psychology standpoint, like the drivers in children, you don't, you're not as, as scared as you are when you get to that teenager. Just think about the anxiety yeah. you have when you're a teenager. You're scared to say to certain things in front of people. Yeah. Yeah. When you're a kid, you don't care. True. Like, you just go about mm -hmm. and do your thing. But you're also easily, you're more easily influenced like, you are, yeah. by, by, you know, objects or toys, things like that. It's, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what it, you are eas more easily uh, manipulated. Um, and so, you know, he knew this and I'll go into it a little bit later on, but he had done this before to, to other children. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it seemed like he sort of knew exactly what he was doing. And when it got to that point, he knew right now I need to turn it into this like aggressive approach. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he will fear me and, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, emotional, physical abuse happened after that. Yeah. Um, and like you say, very controlling behavior. Um, and yeah. And then it just sort of, it, it got worse and worse as, as time went on. And, and as you can imagine, my mental health got worse and worse as well. Oh, so. Absolutely. So, yeah. I, I was going to ask, uh, cause I know it's a, a long time ago now. Um, but you know, when you said that you, you went to a secondary school and you had this moment of realization of, um, crap, something's actually happened to me here. This is bad. What taught me through that? Like, what was that like a, a light bulb or did you start having a few, do you, does it like over a couple of weeks at school, you start thinking, hang about, is this not right? Like how, what was that realization like? So, and how does it feel? One, like, what were you yeah. think? What was going through your mind when that happened? Like, one of the main things I can remember, I watched this documentary and it's called Child of Fear. And it's about a young girl and she was sexually abused and then she was adopted. And they didn't know she was sexually abused, but they found out after through her behavior. Right. And um, she was very aggressive. She used to try and like stab her brother and stuff like that. Um, and so like they looked into her past, found that out. And then there was explaining the experiences. And um, I was like, hang on a minute. That sounds pretty much like what, what happened to me. Yeah, you could Is that not right? Yeah. yeah. And that was the first time where I was like, okay, something might not be right. And then you get to high school, you hear the nonce jokes, you hear the yeah. paedophile jokes, you hear all that stuff. Um, and yet sex ed. And yeah, it was sort of, it was a little click when I watched that documentary, but also it took a few weeks to sort of set in. Uh, well, probably longer than that, but yeah. Um, yeah, it took a while to sort of set in and there was a process of figuring out if it was wrong. Yeah. And, and a lot, there was fear when I confronted him. Like I thought, how's he going to react to this? It always been kind of strict is how I saw it. Um, but yeah, as you can imagine, things just stepped up after that. So yeah, now you it was brave. So yeah, on, be before you, before you like confronted him, I know you're saying like you you started to get all this realization at school. Did you confide in someone like a teacher or a friend or anything, or did you just think I'm gonna go home and I'm I'm gonna confront him? Oh, that's a good question. Today, yeah, yeah no, I, I never told anyone at all. Like I, I didn't even think to tell anyone. Mm. And by this time as well, I'm a young teenage guy, so there's a bit of shame in that. And the way yeah. I explain it for people who have you know who haven't. Uh, experienced abuse is that would you talk about um your mum on the toilet to a family friend you know you know like yeah, being, yeah, yeah, yeah. being in the bathroom with you with your mum or being in the bath with, with your mum when you're when you're little yeah. would you have spoke about that to a friend you wouldn't yeah. it's such a private thing it's such a, it's such a you know uh, so it was like that was like something i would never think of speaking of it, especially being a young teenage guy you know how the culture is in, oh, in high schools yeah. at, at 14 yeah i thought not having the right 
school shoes I mean, it's, it's, was the end of the world. It's so such a hard to have time. that weight, yeah. Hard time in your life anyway. You're going through puberty, you've got yeah. a school, you've got your exams, you've got the struggle of making friends and all that kind of jazz going yeah. on. And then never mind having... Yeah, everything's the end of, of the world at that yeah, age. Yeah, of course it is. These, these little, not even molehills, are mountains. Yeah, like so to have a mountain... Trousers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's, it's long, like... Yeah. But fair play, so... You've obviously, you've deducted that yourself or deduced that this is an issue yourself. Yeah. And then gone home and confronted him. Bigger balls than me. I'll tell you that yeah. for nothing. Because that, to break that, I mean, I, and I'm right in thinking, up until you've realized that something's wrong, you love this man. Yeah, of course. Know? Yeah. This Even is, after I knew something was wrong, like he was, yeah. he was still my dad. And I'll go on, like, I, again, I'll go into this more in more detail after, but um, like, you as a survivor and I hear this from most survivors I'm not speaking for everyone but from most survivors that I've spoke to mm -hmm. they hold on to something they hold on to the the uh, potential for the person to change that's what they're holding mm -hmm. on to and it's the same with domestic abuse cases in women that they always go back to the man because they think we could have a better future we could you know yeah. he could have been the person he was at the start and that's yeah, also yeah, something yeah. like I was thinking oh he was this nice guy before yeah. so maybe we can go back to that and, get that back kind of thing and yeah and I was, and again, it was just holding on for that wanting a dad still. Like I always wanted to keep that, but, um, and I, di I didn't realize the extent of it still. Um, f someone from a normal family would realize like how bad this is, that this has happened. Yeah. But I knew it was wrong. Mm -hmm. Now I knew it was wrong and I'd confronted him and things had changed and stuff, but I still didn't understand sort of how bad it was. Yeah. And I don't, this might come up. I don't want it to come across, uh, insulting. I in no way think that, but that I have a, a similar experience, but yeah, I mean, yeah, just to, I'm not comparing here, just to clarify for everybody, yeah, I'm just saying, fine, but yeah. in my own experience of having uh, a, a very, very absent dad and craving for a dad, uh, my experience of that was when I was with him, so obviously I knew what he was doing, letting us down, making us cry, all that was wrong. When I was with him, and I'm interested to see what, what your thought on this is, that's why I'm saying it, but when I was with him, I was so desperate to have a dad that I was like, all those things that are wrong, I'm not going to bring up. I'm not going to challenge all that trauma. I'm just going to enjoy this moment and pretend things are kind of normal because of how much I want this to be my reality. Uh, and so I, and so when I did see him very rarely, it would be, I, I played happy families, even though I might have seen him once every like three years or something stupid because I, because I valued this picture that I'd painted myself in my head that wasn't actually real. And hearing you say like, how even afterwards you still love this person, you still believe that they can go back to this. I think as part of me, I, I relate to that very, very slightly, like I said, very loosely, um, in that it probably up until quite a late age, I believed that things could turn around for me. And, and you do, I think when you want them, when you want it to happen so much, it's like a failing relationship. Well, it is, it is a failing relationship. Yeah. You just choose to believe and see the good in people, which I think is a, a testament to us as people yeah, um, yeah. to see good in people and, and anyone who does. But ultimately it's like flogging a dead horse kind of thing, isn't it? Like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? You, it takes, you have to get to that point of realization of, yeah, this ain't gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is, this is bad. But yeah, that, that's exactly <laughs> like, that explanation is perfect there. Like when I was around him, when we was doing fun stuff, everything empty, you know, was gone from my mind when he was nice, when yeah. things like that had happened. Yeah, you're right. Like, everything that was wrong with it just disappeared because that's what I wanted. So it's yeah. mad, isn't it? Yeah. I wonder if these people know, like, I wonder if he knew that like, and, and leveraged on that. Cause he seems like a, not in a, in a, in a complimentary way to him, but he seemed intelligent enough to oh, know, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? It, he's not an idiot. Cause yeah. 
you don't do something for like that for eight years unnoticed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, without being somewhat intelligent. Yeah, it's obviously devious and heinous, but it's intelligent. And these people pedophiles like they have communities online where they discuss these processes like it's like a class almost yeah it's like these things wow. on the dark web where they like pick a, a woman that's single got kids and needs money um uh, isolate one of the children in an activity and they had these stages god yeah, planned yeah. out they'll manipulate that manipulate, situation yeah, yeah, yeah exactly that like they literally have like a little checklist right i've done that i've done that i've done that it's and, all and awful I, and looking at my experience i can say that's exactly what he did. He must have been involved in some community. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. And, and like I said before, like he'd done it before. So he, yeah. he'd had it, that experience and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's mental. Well, I was saying to you, mate, um, before this, funnily enough, um, and this will make sense, I promise, but we, we've had somebody reach out or I've had somebody reach out to me and ask me about starting a podcast. And this is weird. And I was saying to Birdie, literally just before we started filming this episode, do you know what's mad is like, like I've not had any lessons on this. You you can learn it all online and everything, but it's so in, and that is the world, the nature that we're in now. Ad, uh, information age, that's what we're in now. Information is so accessible, but it's crazy to me. And you, and you see, sorry, these these people who will be like, right, this is, these are the steps you go through. You come out with a podcast title, you cut, you know, you, you get your audio equipment. You, you, how many people do you want to have on? You get your camera equipment, blah, blah, blah. You follow these steps. For me to hear that there is a, a, an ecosystem out there a community out there that does that for something like that. So like, this is how you identify yeah. vulnerable family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Find out something that you can give to them that they need, you know, yeah. give them that. But in doing that, isolate somebody mm-hmm. like, it's like a can do a how to guide for yeah. like yeah. abuse, which to me is frightening that that is out there. But yeah. I guess maybe it's naive of me to think that it wouldn't be. Yeah. Cause you, so can, you can do anything on, on the internet nowadays. Yeah. It's, and it's it, scary. And my my instant thought is to how brilliant is that how good mm-hmm. can you you know how Put brilliant the other side of the coin of course yeah, yeah. and that's yeah, yeah I'm, that's the point i'm badly making yeah. is it, it 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 shocks me that it's like yeah. we, we when just quickly when we briefly touched on it the other week when we were um talking with, with natalie about on that episode and we were sort of talking about red rooms and stuff like that yeah and stuff like that you can do on the internet oh yeah and yeah. purchasing so, people yeah yeah, exactly. You can hire an assassin. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And we'll, we'll later on, after we've gotten through Ryan's stuff, one of the last things I want to talk about to you about is a video that you did recently, which uh, I found fascinating. Um, again, about technology and uh, about the way things are now. Two sides to the coin. Perfect way to put it. Because it is. Because the technology yeah. is brilliant. I mean, it, it, it ultimately lets you ryan put your good message out there yeah, definitely yeah but yeah it's a it's a fighting you know, it's a yeah yin and yang isn't it yeah, Fully, yeah, like, yeah. but what like i'll ask you guys a question what extent do you think this is so it's like if, if i said to you um sort of sort of one in whatever what percent what sort of statistic do you think it is that um do it separately so boy and girl get sexually abused before the age of 18 oh see so yeah, i'm i'm smugly proud here because okay. i've do done you know? some research on you so oh. <laughs> so i'll let chris bears go first oh, no. and then i'll weigh in I, only because I've seen it, so I feel like it's a bit harsh for me to answer. Because at least I think I know that this this percentage is for one of these answers. I know that because I've I look. Part of me feels like it's horribly low. That's, that's what's worrying me. What's like one in? Yeah, not many. Yeah. So yeah, one. Guess. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I, so. I'll say what I saw. I saw seven point five percent of uh, people. I don't know if it's men or women experience sexual abuse bef- 
who were aged between 16 and 74 or something like that. It was something I definitely saw 7.5% somewhere. Yeah, the the main one that I'm speaking about that is like a um, quite a viral one going around at the minute is that one in six boys will be sexually abused before the age of 18 and one in four girls. Wow, that is that's insane. insane. That's, that's a lot higher massive. than what I first thought there. Absolute yeah. madness. Yeah. And what are we saying is for sexual abuse? Is that a physical act of something? Or are we saying... It, well, it has to be, doesn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, what, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about, um, yeah. Physical. Yeah, physical sexual, that is sexual abuse. Yeah. So 25% of women before the age of 18... 18, yeah, for the age of 18. Experienced some form of sexual abuse. And, oh, as your mass loop, one in six men. <laughs> I, I don't know what that is a percentage, but it's still way too many. Yeah. 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 It, is, it, is, it is massive. And then you think about your friends. Yeah, like, well, exactly. I'm, yeah. I, I'm not to uh, blow me on trumpet, but I've got more than six friends. So, <laughs> you know. It's cra crazy statistics. I can't even wrap my head around it. No, yeah. It's yeah. madness. That's why it's such a viral one now. Like people are like, what? Yeah. I think it was Rain Charity that did the study. Um, so you can find it on their website. Um, and yeah, it's just mental. There's a guy that I have on my page called One in Six. He's named his name after the statistic. Right. So it's like, yeah, people are just finding smart, it so it? shocking. Like That's another one of, uh, you know, like how you're edge of the bed. I like that. Calling your, your name. Title. It's yeah. in your face. Yeah. This is the issue. Yeah. I can yeah. deal with it, mate. Can't add yeah, it. Yeah. I like yeah, that. I got, like that. You got to be straightforward with this issue because like what I was making the point is people don't realize the extent of the issue, like one in six, one in four. Um, and you are three times more likely to commit suicide if you have been sexually abused. So then you think of the numbers and then you think of how many people are going to be affected by that. That's a lot of people who yeah. can end up. And I know, well, my abuser caused the suicide of a boy. Yeah. Before me. So I nearly caused my suicide, which yeah. I'm like, I've jumped yeah. forward a bit, but yeah, that could have been two people from one abuser. Yeah. You know I mean, so absolutely. it is, it is huge. And people think it's just, when you hear sexual abuse, you think, oh, it's something that happens, you know, in, in the poorer communities. It's something that happens distant from my own. Like I call it the, um, not, it wouldn't happen to us attitude. You know what I mean? It wouldn't yeah. happen to our yeah. family attitude. That's what a lot of people have. And, and so they don't, they don't take the steps in order to prevent it. I think we have that with uh, cancer and, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And it, all sorts of things like that. I guess yeah. we, we want to live in this fairy world, don't we? But you kind of turn a blind eye to all these things until it's so close to home. Of course. And yeah. it's sad that because it shouldn't be, it shouldn't you be have to be all. affected. Until, of course it shouldn't. But that's why we are where we are today. Yeah. And I'm glad that, you know, we're learning. This is ultimately for us, we're learning and people here listening and stuff are learning as well. Yeah, and that's it. You can, that's the most important thing that I'm trying to get across is that, we can take steps in order to prevent it. It's, you know, it's, it's not, you can compare it to sort of cancer and things that are in, in terms of like statistics and, and not statistics, but in terms of something you can't like control. Yeah. But you can take measure more measures in order to prevent it. Like, of course you can. Yeah. yeah. Cancer is so, a biological thing. Like you, yeah, yeah. you, that might, you might have a genetic predisposition to get cancer. Sorry. You might be born and you, you were going to yeah, get yeah. cancer at some point you don't have to become an abuser. You don't have to be abused. So yeah. that is something that we control. Um, I've not written this down, uh, Ryan, but what, just hearing you speak just then, uh, I came up with a question. Um, in terms of identifying this abuse, uh, I've had it put to me before that it's an issue that we call as young kids and raising parents, sorry, as parents raising young kids, we say to young girls, like, that's your foo-foo, that's your cookie, or that's your whatever. Mm -hmm. Or to your lads, you know, it's your whatever you say. I don't know what you'd say, your tail or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Maybe tail's a bit less for one. Anyway, the point being, we put these nice fluffy names on our biological instruments, our parts, yeah, yeah. that would 
perhaps if I went, if I, so my question that I'm really badly asking here <laughs> is if I went into nursery and I say to my nursery tutor or teacher or whatever, uh, daddy, daddy touched my cookie. If I'm a little girl, she probably won't identify. And I'm meaning touching, you know, a vagina. Cause yeah, I think we yeah. should be able to say these, it's yeah. anatomy. Um, that teacher might think, oh, like, oh, whatever, it's a cookie. Do you think there's a, there's an issue with that? Do you think that we should teach our kids the right words for things so that they can express themselves? And then that will help in identifying this because I would imagine there has been kids who maybe have thought that they're telling someone, mm -hmm. but they tell them in such a way because they've been taught these words that it doesn't actually get the point across. Yeah, yeah, massively. It needs to be, that's one of the main things, proper body proper names of body parts yeah um yeah it's it's one of the main things you, you need to use the biological names and stuff yeah. like and that's why it's important so when they do go to a teacher and say these things or um dad touched my cookie like you say or yeah. anything like that it can be misinterpreted and also the teacher might not take it as serious yeah yeah so but if a if a child comes to a teacher and say um oh granddad touched my penis yeah the teacher's gonna be like red flag. Yeah, 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 I yeah. need to do something right now. Like it yeah. is so serious. So yeah. no, yeah, I'm it, glad it is one of the main. Like you'll ask any sort of activist, that is the the one of the main ones that, that yeah. people speak about. Oh, I'm glad I'm not just talking rubbish then. <laughs> no, I, it did make sense to me, and I thought I'd get your take on it because obviously it's very relevant to you. You yeah, know. Yeah. Um. No. Yeah. Good. I agree. I think we should. My message would be you know, teach your children. I, I will be doing when the time comes the yeah. proper word. And yeah. it's sad though, right? It's sad because these things, you should be able to have like, like little nicknames that aren't as serious that, cause you don't want to yeah, see. I get what you mean. It you doesn't have wanna... to be penis all the time. It might be, yeah, you want yeah. to be, you want to be a bit discreet in front of your grandparents or something or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, you want it to sort of be easier for a child to, to, come forward about other things. Like if they're having problems with that area and stuff, yeah, and true. they might be embarrassed if they're using these names and, so it is really sad that we have to do this, but this is just the world that we're living in. And I always say, like, if you think you're going to ruin the innocence of your child by teaching them the the proper names of body parts, imagine what will happen if an abuser gets there first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, I 100% I do see that other side of the coin of, like, it's a shame that we have to do these things. Um, it's a big thing that comes to my head when you say that is the whole um, women walking out late at night. They shouldn't, and and men not feeling responsible for that, even though yeah. they are. The men are the the issue in that, those situations, mm -hmm. um, and it's all about like why do we have to take these measures? Well, yeah, you shouldn't have to. Abusers shouldn't exist. Uh, yeah. Rapists should not exist. All that it shouldn't exist. Yeah. But you've got to protect yourself as best you can. And I know it's crap, but you know if that means me telling my son that's your penis mummy's got a vagina and, and breasts that yeah. I'm not telling them to be vulgar. I'm telling them that, you know, anatomy, the proper names, that's what they are. And if anybody ever does anything, then, yeah. you know, you say those names, you it's don't so feel important. bad. You don't be, you, you're not saying a bad word by saying that. And I think that's the positive, positive reinforcement yeah, of yeah. feeling power to use these words, you know, cause it, it makes a big difference. I can flag somebody up to imagine a year in and, and you've had to suffer eight years of that. Imagine if a year in you just said something like, like I said, like cookie or whatever, and somebody just brushes past that. But if, if it's the right word, it could be, I'm not saying it will be, but it could be the intervention that stops yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah.
Yeah. Um, oh god, I'm warm. <laughs> no, I'm enjoying this though. It's yeah, good. Yeah. It's an education for for me anyway. And, uh, Certainly. Yeah. And these are the conversations that need to happen. Like with parents in you know the playground or whatever. Like when I say I, my series is called Let's Talk Abuse. I run a series called yeah. Let's Talk Abuse. And what I mean by like Let's Talk Abuse is not oh Ryan's at the pub with his mates. Oh Ryan's talking about abuse again. Yeah. It's not like that. Um, it's not like a general conversation like the weather. You don't just go up and yeah. say, Oh, have you heard much about sexual abuse? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's have I got a stat for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not what we're wanting by like open conversations about abuse it's that when the conversation needs to happen yeah it can happen easily yeah that's what it is so it's being comfortable about talking about it when it comes about when it arrives and it not being so taboo yeah, yeah. yeah. that's exactly it yeah and let's get to a point where you're not sort of scared to say it um but yeah. not necessarily at every dinner so yeah yeah. Who's, yeah yeah who's been abused today you know it's not that it's <laughs> yeah. it's a case of feeling empowered to speak when you need to yeah exactly no it's good um so I'd touched briefly on that you were very much advised against, I'll say politely or told that you couldn't have a relationship. Is yeah, that right? Yeah. yeah. But you did have. Yeah. I had, I had a few, not to sound like. <laughs> yeah. No, in high school, like I had a few girlfriends and stuff like that. Um, like everyone does. Um, yeah. So I, I kept it secret for the, the most part. Yeah. Um, but I did have ones that I knew about, but it was very like, I wouldn't see him outside of school and stuff like that. So it wasn't really like a girlfriend. Yeah, it was yeah. like, I'd see him like once every weekend and they'd yeah. have to come to my house and, um, and stuff like that. And yeah, it was, it was hard. And then when I got with my girlfriend now, Sophie, who I've been with for five years nearly, um, yeah, big ups, congratulations. Long time, Matt. Yeah, long time. Um, so yeah, when I got with her, it was like, I got to a point where it's like, how long can I live with this controlling thing? It's going to, cause I could feel things were like getting a bit more serious with Sophie, like yeah. we was leaving school together. And I was like, if I don't make a change, you know, she's going to want to move on. Yeah. Because why did she, why would she want a boyfriend that can't go and meet up with her whenever he wants to? Why, why yeah, would she want a boyfriend? you can't give that basic thing. Yeah. yeah. And I was at this point, I just turned 16. Yeah, so you're not I mean? a young, I mean, you're young, but you're not young in terms yeah, yeah. of, it's very normal. To like live. when you're 16, you go to your girlfriend's house, you, mm -hmm. you, you go to wherever we're together, you yeah. go to cinemas, whatever. I couldn't do that. And she was getting frustrated and she'd yeah. say just, you know, there was always this thing like, um, go and ask your dad this, you know, she would message me, go and ask your dad if you can see me this weekend. And I'd be like, I will, I will later, I will later. Yeah. And I was really scared to ask him like, and I'd have to build up this courage to just go downstairs to ask him if I can meet up with my girlfriend. And yeah. she didn't know at this she point. She didn't know about the sexual abuse. Or like that. She knew that he was controlling and that he was like a, a strict parent. Yeah. Um, and I think she even saw when we got, when we left school, it's like, why is he still being like this? That's odd. Um, and yeah, it was. Oh, so did she make comments to you? Yeah, all the time. Say, was he yeah, seeing a strict from her and like your mates and stuff? Did they used to think, oh, your dad's well strict? all the time and i'm sure from your community and that some of my friends will be watching yeah and yeah. they'll they'll know right now and they'll say oh shit yeah, like, that's yeah. why that's why ryan couldn't be this is what had happened right i'd finish school and then um i'd have to i'd finish school at half two right get back be ready for about three i could go out right but i'd have to be in by four or half four that's dead i'd get to my mate's house yeah I'd, I'd be sat around. there for about 15 minutes yeah, yeah. i've got to go i've yeah. got to go now they'd be like what mate what why what are you, yeah. what's happening like 
and people knew it was odd like when they came to my house and stuff like that um people always made comments and stuff and i was i always sort of defended him which is weird like i always sort of tried to make excuses because yeah. it was part of the embarrassment as well i was like yeah. i didn't want people to know that i had a strict parent i tried to make little cover-ups and stuff like that um and yeah so it, it, it was it was quite sad because i spent my whole years through high school not seeing my friends really yeah uh, I, lo I lost a lot of friends after high school because I didn't, you know, get that chance to go out with them and stuff. So once high school finished, well, I don't see them. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it, it led you, to a lot. It's hard of... to just explain, you know, mm. by the way, this yeah. is what's happening. At this point as well, you've not let this, I mean, this positive attitude you've got now, I'm not saying you didn't have a positive attitude then, but that weight had not been lifted it was still very much on you no and I did, I, to be honest i didn't have a positive attitude it was it was kind of like well how can you in that yeah you know no I mean? yeah i was like i would rather die than anyone know this about me i'd yeah, rather that's I, how you felt I, yeah i'd be like i don't want people to know that this happened like can you like being six, what's that from 15, embarrassment 16? or like what yeah, yeah. What's yeah. That? it's embarrassment shame like shame the feeling like I feel like people would laugh and stuff like that and met jokes about it and stuff. Cause people met the nonce jokes and stuff, which doesn't affect me. I feel like if you call your mate a nonce as a joke, then that's, you know, it's a yeah. laugh. Yeah, it's um, but if people make jokes about like survivors, like specifically, yeah, then that's when it like, I, what I worried about, like if people had like say, Oh, you got this happened by your dad or, you know what I mean? Something yeah. like that. That was like a big fear for me or people wouldn't speak to me. You know, there was all these things that ran through my head all the time. I also thought that my mum would believe him be on his side. I was going to, yeah. yeah, I was wondering about Um, that. So that was a mate, that was a huge worry. I didn't want to like go into care or like that. all of the, all of these things, like every day, I, I, that's what I thought through every day. So, well, and from, the relative outside looking in, you looking at his and your mum's relationship throughout this whole time. Were things okay there? Did you did it, or did it look fine as far as you could see? Obviously, I know you went with them twenty four seven, but yeah. Well, even around around people, he was like the center of the party guy. Like, but he was a bit of an arsehole, like in front of people too. Like, he'd call my sister fat. Like, call my mum a bitch. Like, call my mum fat. Put yeah. everyone down. And so the relate, my mum is very like, it sounds like a lot of an arsehole to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he doesn't he was, sound like a nice yeah. man. Sorry. I know it's offensive, yeah, but that's, yeah, yeah. that's mean. <laughs> that's just mean. Yeah. It was, yeah. It, it, in, like what I'm saying is that it, the character he portrayed in front of people, he would always try and cover up who he was inside, but yeah, these little things had slipped it through, slipped through again, especially yeah. when he'd be drinking. That was right. a big one. Like when he drink, he'd turn into like the devil. That's why he always used to say like, Your he, truth he turn, yeah, yeah, he was, yeah horrible um and so their relationship yeah it was it was weird um no, no like affection in front of people out right. that. um yeah and he was always in control of that relationship as well he, he controlled the finances like what happened like what holidays we went on yeah everything he controlled me and my sister He's i have a sister as well who was living there at the time um yeah controlled us and we had to go to him you know like usually if you have a stepdad you go to your mum you yeah know, yeah you yeah. say oh mum can i go out it wasn't that it was uh, i went to my dad or uh yeah him, had to get so. his permission yeah, yeah yeah um so yeah their, their relationship very controlling he was very controlling towards her very manipulative um nasty like things like that but it, it was a slow process so by the time you know I don't think my mum realised how bad it was. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah. No, I asked that just because if I'm you in that position, 
and they've got a great relationship. I'm thinking there's no way she's going to believe me. Yeah. That's what I'd be thinking. I think well, she's believe him 10 times out of 10 because they're clearly getting on well. She's never yeah. going to believe that he would do that if she loves him so much. Yeah. So that, well, that, I, my well. mum was so like, I don't, I don't know how to say it, but she was sort of dealt, dealt with everything from, took everything from him, like, um, took all the crap and everything. So in my head, it was like, if I tell her, is she just going to tell him and then they'll be fine? You know, it was that kind of thing. Like, yeah, will it achieve anything? It's warped because obviously, of course, if I told my mum that, she would have took me away and yeah. and called the police. Like, that's what would have happened. But it's like, yeah. in, in that warped perception, I was like, um, yeah, I feel like she's just, yeah, she, she's just going to be on his side. And yeah. You're in your own reality at that point. Yeah. yeah and that's where, yeah. that's where I ultimately cannot possibly empathise or, or neither of us can really. Uh, because you are not living in the same world as everybody else. You're living in your own ecosystem where, you know, reason's out the window and you're just suffering and don't know what the hell to do, uh, yeah, as, as far yeah. as I can gather. And you know what? It's weird because from 14 to 16, that period of time, mm. it feels like this, like a bubble in my life, like this little odd yeah. time because I was feeling suicidal every day. And like I said, things built up from there. So one night I was laid in my bed, right? And I see this little light come on, um, in my, on my webcam. I'm like, what the fuck is that? So I like get out of bed and I crawl under where I think I can, where, where the camera can see, get up to the computer, click it on. And the camera is on facing me. So I'm, I'm like sat in the dark and I can right. see my face in the camera. I'm like, what the, like, what is going on? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, and I didn't think it were him straight away. I thought it was like a hacker or something. Yeah. I'm like, I'm being watched. Yeah. And then, um, I sort of got suspicions, um, and then one day it came on and, and, and I'd been thinking it might be him because it kept happening, kept happening. And then I run downstairs right quick and he's on his phone on chair and I see him swipe off and I can see my computer screen on his phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he'd been viewing my computer from his phone, yeah. watching me on this camera 24-7 pretty much. And I also discovered a hidden camera in the corner of my room as well. So he'd, he'd had footage of my room 24 always hours, watching your room, always basically. running. And he had that camera connected to the CCTV that connected to the security outside. So it was running all the time. God. So I was being watched all the time. So that was a huge thing for me because that's my privacy. That's, yeah, he had seen every single thing that had happened in that room for, I don't know how long. You yeah. can't get at that moment of realization. You can't get away from this man. Yeah. He's everywhere. And that was the last that must straw that, you know, took me to suicidal thoughts and a deep depression. Like, it was like, I felt so like too deep in, in a way, like I couldn't, uh, the experience had already happened with the sexual abuse. Now all this crazy shit is happening. Like, yeah, it was, it was, felt like there was nowhere to turn. Yeah. Yeah. And so, well, yeah. So you, there's a, there's a lot to, to digest there, but so you, you, abuse is getting less and less. Um, things are coming to our head. At this point, you've still not told anyone. How do we progress from there? What happens then? So we've got to, abuse is happening less, but you're still getting controlled. You maybe, you've left school. Um, you're with your girlfriend. How do the, what happens next? Do you tell someone or do you, um, do you ultimately confront him? Like how does the story, how does your story progress from there? So there were another confrontation. This was a few years before what I'm going to speak about next, but it's an important part. Um, mm -hmm. And was in the kitchen and my mum and sister was out and I was like, why? I, at this point I was sort of suicidal as well. So I was like, if he fucking kills me, at least he'll go to prison for summer. That's what I thought in my head. Yeah. I thought just, I'll just let him kill me. 
and he can go to jail for that and then he won't hurt anyone else yeah it's awful you had to get yeah. to that point. i was like and and before that I, I cared about my life and whenever i'd say out to him i'd stand with my back to the knives in case i needed to kill him but this time i right. was just stood in the middle of the kitchen and i was like, like whatever whatever you yeah. can do whatever um and i said to him why why did you do this to me and like he used to get like his eyes would go like right red like he had proper devil eyes right and he's like st like staring right into me and he's like do what uh, oh i've gave you this i've 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 given you everything. You had nothing before I came around and start slamming shit about. Now I know shit's about to sort of go down. Um, and then he's like coming towards me. I can't remember everything he said. Um, he's like coming towards me, screaming loads of shit. And then I just break down to my knees, um, crying. And I was like, all I wanted was for you to be my dad. That's all I wanted. Yeah. And then my mum and sister came through the front door, but they didn't see what were happening. Um, but I was in tears. And so I ran upstairs. Um, and then that was like, he sort of calmed down like he, he didn't say much to me like after that like our contact in front of people would be like oh, blah, blah, blah. but behind the scenes he wasn't like coming and threatening me randomly yeah that sort of aggressive side began to sort of fade a little bit um but it was still like i knew i couldn't tell anyone um and the control and stuff remained i couldn't see my girlfriend and stuff like that but that was like the break, like the, um, like he knew I was like getting to a point where like I've had enough of this shit. So he thought yeah. I'll step it back a bit. Yeah. But then towards the end, like sort of got a bit worse. And um, I was, like I said, I was suicidal. I, I used to go to school and every day I'd get to the road and I used to count down seconds to jump in front of cars. I'd be like three, two, one. I could never do it. I just, yeah, it was just too scary. But yeah. every day I just wanted it to end. And then I started going to college. So I saw my girlfriend more because we went to the same college. And this was a point where I felt like I was getting my independence. I felt more like an adult, like I could speak, you know, more. Um, and I think that's what contributed a lot to, to what helped me speak out. But um, yeah, so we got to uh, travel to college together um, and spent loads of time together. So I got closer with her as well. Um, but I was still stuck in that situation. And I got to a point where I was like, I'm going to end my life. I'm just going to fucking do it. I've had enough of this. And I set a day um november the 2nd 2017 why'd uh, you put that day it, it was just it was a few days away i had time to i wanted to write suicide letters i wanted to make sure i had all that shit i wanted to like if i if i pick a day and i know i'll yeah. stick to that kind of thing yeah do you, did, was it that did you think that if i set this day i can't get out it'll push it'll push you over the edge yeah, okay there's no back okay. out and i also needed it to get a few things sorted and that so it was like it, i had you'd be ready by yeah, then yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah. i saw my nana and my uncle and that a few days before so i wanted to make sure like they knew that i loved them and stuff like that um and then the night before um i started writing suicide letters um to my girlfriend i had one for my sister and my mom and then i had one just fucking exposing him like saying all the shit about him yeah um you fucking take him down with you yeah yeah oh, yeah, yeah definitely yeah um and I had some evidence as well in there um, that I'll go into later. And um, then I went to sleep, got up. I was meant to be at work because I worked at McDonald's at this point uh, while being at college. Big up. Yeah. I, did, I used to yeah, work at McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, red house up there. <laughs> yes. um, and, and yeah, so I, I was getting ready for work. Um, I got um, stuff in my bag and stuff. Um and I, I was like proper like making this a big scene, like trying to convince them that I was going to work, even though they had no clue what I was going to do. It was yeah, very yeah, odd. Yeah. Like you, you get that thing in your mind, like if you're sneaking out to just you. Just like natural. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah like yeah. Just like natural, but you're actually doing loads of weird stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's what it was. And, and 
So I, I, I got into the shower. I left the suicide letters on this like shelf drawer thing on my desk. Um, and then got in the bathroom. I'd made this like, I'd, what I'd done is I'd broken up a blade. I'd taped two together. So it was like a chunky blade and I was going to slit my wrist and bleed out in the shower. Um, it's hard to hear you say that. Like, as you know what I mean? This is how you really yeah. calculate it all out. Go on, sorry. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> what had happened a few, like I said, the few days before is I was like preparing. So I was like telling people how much I loved them and stuff like randomly. Um, and so I'd been saying that thing, like things like that to Sophie over the phone and on text and stuff. And so she, she had this sort of like, what's going off here kind of thing. Um, and I literally had, I had the blade on my wrist. Like I had it pressed into my wrist yeah. and then my phone rang and I was like, like you get you got I was in such a I'll actually describe the like state you're in when when you when you're at that point you can't think logically it is so weird but you know I, I describe it like this have you ever been in a car accident no 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 it is like it's so fucking weird it's like you're in this dream fucking traumatic thing you can't like you can't think out of your current state you can't you can't think, oh, I'm actually going to be dead. You just think, You're in the all my fucking pain's going to be over. All my yeah. pain's going to be over. And that's it. You, you you don't actually think about what's what's going to fucking happen. And that's what's so sad about this because the people who do do it yeah, don't actually realise what they're losing. It's so sad. <sighs> but, um... It's going to take a minute if you want. Adam. Yeah, I, um... Getting me going. I was, yeah. I was like, we started crying I, um, just before a second ago. And so <laughs> it was it's hard. Like, I, like I said, I'm in this like dream state, pick up the phone and everything just fucking comes out. I yeah. don't have control over it. It's so like, just tell I just tell her everything. everything. And shit, man. Do like, you believe in fate? Like that's fate. That is, you I think know, about it. You yeah. had the fucking, you had it there. It was, it was in like, I, I had like a, like a small like cut from it. Yeah. Like nothing. It was like a little cut because I, it was in like, even if you so weren't, you were in that moment. Close. You were there. You were ready. You'd set your date. You'd set yeah, your yeah. time. There was letters sat on that thing. I, I, I was fucking... So I was, you, I was you just answered the phone and straight away, you just let it all out. Every, I don't even have control over it. Like, yeah, it just comes it out. It just... Like... Yeah, yeah. Like uh, word, like word like, vomit. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I just... It was so weird and she was like... Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, she had no yeah. idea what yeah, to what say. Yeah, what do you say to that? Yeah. To be fair to her. And she, was, she was 16 as well. Yeah. 16. Imagine your boyfriend telling you that, 16. So like, honestly, and the way she dealt with it was so well, like, honestly, I, I can't thank her enough for what she did. Like, on, like, yeah, I can't thank her enough. But, um, and then we made like a little plan. So she taught me out of everything. Um, and once I'd hold it, it was like this. I was going to say, well, how did that feel? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Were you glad or were you, when you saw, when you first saw that phone ring, you're about to do it. And you said that you were in this mentality of this is my way out of this pain. This is my relief. It, were you, were you happy that she called or did you I not even remember? Were you too in it or, or were you sad that she called? It is hard to pro, like process what I was thinking. It's so like, you're such like in this, I, I describe it as being like in a dream. You're so yeah. dissociated from yourself. I can't, I can't even describe what I felt in that moment. It's like nothing I've ever experienced before. I was so, it was almost like I'd started dying. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, and I don't know if people be relate, relate to that who have, who have been through that, but it was almost like my soul had started like leaving my body. Like, it was so weird. You'd and then accepted it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like the emotions I felt when I told it, it was like, wait, I could have just said it. Yeah. What? I could have just Is said that it. Is that how you felt? I could have yeah. just said this. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt. It was the weirdest feeling ever. Like, 
I'd been manipulated for so long since I could remember that this is something I'm never going to be able to say. And then I just said it and it was not easy. It didn't feel easy, but it was like, oh, that's it. You have to like check yourself kind of thing. Like, did I just say all <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, you know, yeah. did I just, did I do that? Yeah. And it's like, it, it, yeah, it's almost like when you like do bungee jumping or something like that and you get into that point, you're like, oh shit, oh shit, shit. I've done yeah. it. And then yeah. you, and then, but when you jump off, it's like, oh, it, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. It's yeah. not everything that, that you imagined before. And I will say that to survivors out there, like who are, cause there will be people listening. Look at that statistic. There will be people listening who, are going who, through who it. have never spoke about this, who have kept it in all the yeah. life. And I speak to people who are 60 years old who have never told anyone. Well, Still. I was thinking there'll be, there will be uh, one of the main motivators behind getting you on is one to, to hear from you. Um, but two, I think let's say we've got what 200 odd people who clearly regularly watch our videos. Yeah. And if it's one in five, one in four for girls, one in six for lads, it's, it's not out of the question to think one out of those 200 people who at least regular tune in yeah. may well be going through it right now. Exactly. Um, so oh. I think it's so viable to have somebody like you well, on. Without going into too much detail because I can't, but I went, I did um jury service like two, three years ago and it mm. was for exactly something like this is it yeah 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 it's it's so so much common but like like i say if, if there is a survivor out there who hasn't yeah, spoke up about it all them fears that you have they're just like like i said it's like jumping off like a uh, like a bungee thing or something like that, or going on that roller coaster you've been building up all that fears you get on it and it's like oh it wasn't that bad that's exactly what it's like and in fact you get you, you do that and then you live such a more fulfilling life and yeah i, I, I just can't stress enough that it's not the fears that you that you think you have about this, like none of them are logical. They're not yeah. logical. Like what my mum's no, never going to speak to me again because of this. What my friends are going to laugh at me. You know, most of them things aren't going to happen. Yeah. And so, yeah, I can't I can't stress it enough. Just go and and speak about it. Is it like a roller coaster in the sense of the more you go on it, the easier it is. You know, like is it because that first time? I'm sure that was such a huge, huge moment. I mean, you pretty much were backed into a corner, and you were forced to almost say it, yeah. almost. You know, like it, it was it was do or die, very literally. Yeah, yeah. either yeah. this comes out now or I'm gone. Um, but obviously, you've spoken about it so many times. Do you find it easier to talk about now uh, than you did obviously at the beginning? Has it become less and less um, like emotional as you speak about it and more educational? Yeah, massively. Like. If I were telling you this story like two years ago, I'd probably be in tears. Like, yeah, honestly, yeah. I would be. But I've got to a point where I've told, obviously some parts are still hard to tell, but I've got to a point like now where I just think of the benefits of telling my story. Oh, mate, it's you know, mega. That, that's yeah. what is on my mind when I'm speaking about this. Like, think of the, the kids out there that hear that and think, oh my God, I can speak about this. And that's that's my dream. That's my whole life purpose now is just to reach them kids who, who are going through that, who it's need to hear this. It's a selfless thing, mate. It's a brilliant thing. And like you said, not even just the kids, you know, it's the yeah, adults, the adults who yeah, the old people, you know, there's, there's so many like, it's, yeah, it's insane. So she, you, you unload. Yeah. yeah. Um, you said that she did massive things to help. I'm guessing you, you then. You said you constructed a plan. You yeah. constructed yeah. a plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Good point. But yeah. so we'll pick up, <laughs> pick up with the plan. What's the plan? Right, so I was going to pretend to go to work like normal, mm -hmm. uh, but instead go and wait in the toilets and wait for them to come pick me up. Because actually at Red House, uh, which is I know it well. where, where we are, there. yeah, <laughs> there's a police station next door. Okay. There is. So that was like perfect. Like I can just go in there. So it was like, um, sorry. Um, <laughs> so I'd wait, wait in, in the toilets uh, and they'd come and pick me up and we'd just drive to the police station. That was the plan. And so I, I left the bathroom um and obviously very dreamlike i'm still in that sort of state of like 
what just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, oh shit, you was in the bathroom at work? No, 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 at home. At home. Fucking hell, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Right, so sorry, you, you just left sorry, there sorry, now sorry, and just sorry. Yeah, yeah. gone to work as, as was the it's normal, normal plan. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't even get in shower and shower yeah. for 10 minutes. Yeah. So it's good <laughs> no one saw me walk out. We out wet out. And then I go to my bedroom and the suicide letters are gone. Right. So oh, like, shit. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get, I thought I'm going to get murdered. I'm going to get killed before I even get there. And he took me to work in the car. Oh, he my He had to take me. Yeah. So it was like, shit. So I packed, I packed my bag to stay over at Sophie's because obviously I'm going to need somewhere to stay. I can't, once I tell police, I can't go home. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I packed the bag, put my two, everything like that in, uh, hoping that they wouldn't notice. Um, and Gunnar says he's acting normal towards me, relatively normal, uh, getting car, driving up is a bit more like quiet than normal. So I think it was him that found him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a weird, weird, I feel like he's, he's still thought in his head, oh, he'd never tell anyone, he's too scared. I felt like he, he had that confidence that I'd never do that. Yeah. Uh, and then we pulled over just outside McDonald's and uh, I, I, I got my belt unbuckled and I said to him, I'm not going to keep your secret anymore. And um, the last thing he said to me was stop it with this attitude, Ryan. And he tried to grab my sleeve, but I slammed door and just walked in. And just walked into that work? That was the last time, that was the last time I spoke to him. Ever? Yeah. Ever, ever. Shit, um, and then the plan went from there, went into police station. You know what? Oh my God. The worst part, not the worst part, obviously, but the scariest part I will say actually is got to the police station, right? Guy on desk at, um, who like controls the door says, Oh, you might have to come back tomorrow. This the, when we, we don't have the people in to speak with you today. Oh, right. I said, I said, you've oh, just I'm, plucked up the courage. Yeah. Yeah. Years yeah. Years of this. Yeah. Shit, that's and, not what you want and, to and hear. That's after I'd told him like, uh, I was going to say, abuse. did he know? Yeah. He knew it was about sexual said. abuse. And you'd already explained it to him, and then he said, oh, you might ask come back tomorrow. Yeah, well, I said to him, oh, I'm here to report sexual abuse. And then I was like, I can't go home. If I go home, I am I really think I'm going to be killed. Like, yeah. I'm, I can't go home. Uh, and so we're like, all right, just wait here. Very, he was it, honestly. <laughs> Fucking hell, mate. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then these two lovely police officers came down, and oh, him very trained. You could tell these yeah. were the proper guys. This was yeah. just some, like, rookie yeah, like, yeah. reception. He got cop. sacked after that. One hundred percent. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, this is your last day, mate. <laughs> yeah, and then two lovely police officers came in, really nice. Got um, to, They listened to my story, recorded it on a small little tape thing. But then there was like, oh, I'm going to take you to a special centre. Um, and so they drove me to Mary Willett Centre. And um, I sat and did a four-hour interview with another specially trained officer. Jeez, it's um, long. Told them fucking every single part of my life, like yeah, from beginning yeah. to end. It was crazy. They were detailed. Oh, yeah. were you going into that detail or did they want that detail? They wanted it, yeah. They okay. Was, they was, um, Leave no stone unturned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want every single It's good because they're obviously detail. doing a thorough job, but yeah. hard. It I'm was, yeah, you. it was really, really hard and it felt, it was four hours, but it felt like about two days. Yeah. In that imagine, room. It felt I like two imagine. days. Um, and yeah, so after that, went back to Sophie's house and it was mental because I'd never been slept at my girlfriend's house ever. So it was Shit. like, it was like oh, weird yeah. excitement. In a way, Instant it was reward. Weird, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a weird <laughs> excitement. Like, oh my God, like I'm able to spend a night with my girlfriend, like for the first time ever. Doing something that should be so normal yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Felt like was, a privilege. Yeah. Like it was, a, it was, crazy. Yeah. And so I slept on the sofa um, <laughs> and I, yeah, yeah. I was actually scared all night that he would, um, that he'd pull up and, come and kill me um, yeah. and I had that fear for so long like um, but oh my god I, I've missed out like the biggest part but when I'm sat in that interview 
and they say to me, right, we're going to arrest him now. Should he go and I get was him? like, yeah. I was like, oh shit. No, I didn't What's going through your head at that point? Quick. Scared, happy, relieved? I was, re there was a bit of relief. There was still a bit of guilt. Like I felt guilty, you know, it was still that like, oh, he's my dad in a way. Like I still had bits of that. Um, Isn't it mad? You feel like you owe him something still there. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's it. I felt it's so, crazy. like even leading up to it, like uh, with the suicide and that, like I, uh, one of the things I was thinking is like, I don't, I don't want to ruin his life, which was so weird. Yeah. And mo I you get, know, you'll yeah, speak to most yeah. survivors and they'll be like, they'll say the same, like they feel guilty. Like person, mate, that's life. why, do you yeah. know what I mean? You don't, you don't, you didn't get to choose to be in that position. Um, yeah. And he told me that he was, I don't know how true this is, that he was sexually abused by his dad. And one of the things he actually told me all the time was, oh, what your experience is nothing, nowhere near as bad as what I had. Yeah. As, as if that's the kind of excuse. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, why does why does that um, repeat? That's what I don't get. Like it's so odd. I, I can't it. understand it in my mind. If like, anything, you should be the opposite. Yeah, yeah I feel so what it is. Is I, yeah, it's undealt with hurt. That's what yeah. it is. It's when people don't deal with it and they th yeah, yeah. and they go through that stage of oh this is normal and they stay in that they stay in that bit that I was in or oh, this is normal. Yeah. And then they go on and they, they hurt all their lives mm. and then hurt people hurt people, isn't it? That's the famous saying. Yeah, like, and, um, and he thinks, well, this is my time now. Yeah. Like, to, he have all that animosity inside him about what happened to him. And he's, this is my time now. Yeah. I give, I, this is how I get rid of this. I give it yeah. to Ryan. Yeah. And you got to think That's about, shit, like, lacking all that power. In, in them years and that yeah. I'm not making excuses for him like if you go on to hurt people that's your th there's a thing that a friend of mine says Antares he says that uh, he's a survivor as well and he says that um, what happened to you isn't your fault but healing is your responsibility Yeah, it's your responsibility yeah. to make sure you don't go on and hurt other people and that can come in many different ways yeah, it can yeah. come from um, it's called the cycle of abuse when an, someone who's been abused goes on to abuse, yeah. uh, abuse. Um, or you know if you go through life and you're a narcissist and you're horrible to people and and you, people do do that. They go for abuse and then they treat people like rubbish all their life because they're so hurt inside. And so healing to them, it's, it's your responsibility to, to go through that process. Well, with you saying as well, by the way, you don't want to make excuses for him. I agree wholeheartedly, but don't be, there's a difference between making an excuse for him and let's explore why this happened. Yeah, and I think, yeah. and I think that, Ultimately, you don't wake up and think, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to grow up. And when I get to 20 odd, I'm going to make sure I meet the right person and abuse someone. You yeah, know, yeah. it's the reason why he's acted this way. And I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong because you're not excusing him. I don't excuse him. Nobody does, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, what these, sorry. sorry, no, I was just going to say, it's just worth, there's a difference between excusing him and explaining why, why how this got, came to be. Yeah. Uh, but sorry, go on, mate. There's been a lot of research into like the minds of of paedophiles and yeah. um, uh, rapists and things like that. And what they do is they readjust their brain, like to to they tell themselves things such as, "Oh, the child wants this," or yeah. um, "I'm helping the child," or or they tell them these things to help them sort of help themselves like do it and fulfill you know their their drives or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, there's been loads of research into that. Um, I can't think of the name of the woman, but um, yeah, it's it's really interesting stuff. But um, yeah, it's just yeah, it's crazy what what the the extent that they go to to try and make it happen. You know, what okay. I mean, make it okay, yeah, yeah okay yeah, in yeah. the head. Just, they just they sit there and convince themselves like, yeah. oh, he's enjoying this. It's all yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's all right. This is just I'm helping him. Like, yeah, yeah, you're not bad. This is what they're telling themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's completely normal. You're a good guy. You've like what I'm sure what my abuser would have told himself. You're a good guy. You helped them get out of yeah, poverty. Yeah, look, look what you've look, done for yeah, him. You yeah, you took him on holidays yeah. and and you know he don't cry or like that. It all starts with the extra biscuits in church. Yeah, that's where it begins. That's the yeah. grooming process. Yeah, exactly. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So the police are good about it. They're nice. These people. They go and lock him up. Yeah. Um, well, actually, he got let out on bail that night, but yeah, right. Yeah, so. so well, I'll go on so, from so there. That's so why I, you're scared. Did yeah, you know yeah. he'd been released on bail? I didn't know that night, but I found out the day after. Um, so I stayed there at Sophie's, and, and during this time, he had, he'd also been taken in and interviewed. And what happened as well is when the police came to my house, you got to imagine my mum's there as well. Mm. So, like, police come knocking. They're like, oh. Um, You've not t- she doesn't know. So no. this is how she knows. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So uh, police knock. Oh, someone's made a... Um, Allegation yeah, an allegation complaint. of yeah. sexual abuse against you. And this has happened before. This yeah, had, that's yeah. the thing. This oh, has yeah, happened before. Yeah. Um, someone, had, uh, the police again had knocked um, a couple of years before about another lad and he was the one that took his life, sadly. Um, so he never got a chance to stand up in court and, and give his story. And that's why my abuser got let off. Yeah. Um, so my mum's like, what, another one? What, so they got him in? They They had him as having done that. And then this um, poor well, lad he was under is, investigation is, at that point. So he's and he's killed himself. And then what? Have they then ceased the investigation. Yeah, it was a, it was a like sort of cold file. So there was so this okay. police. It was Barnsley police. Uh, they was going through old files and stuff. Yeah. And they found this one. Oh, this case hasn't been dealt with. Why has it not been dealt with? Oh, and they wanted to pick that back up. Yeah. So okay. they went to him first. Said, "Oh, we found this. We're going to be investigating you on this." Blah blah blah. And then they went to find the other guy. And he passed, and he right. passed away by suicide. Oh, okay. Um, and the, I'm going to give you a story because I think he deserves to have his story yeah, told. Absolutely, um, yeah, absolutely. He was a babysitter uh, at a pub that um, he used that my abuser owned. He used to babysit for the stepkids, but um, during when the kids had gone to bed, he'd go. My abuser'd go back upstairs and uh, sexually abusing there, showing porn, things like that. Yeah. And I think he was about 14. Um, God. And then he'd went to the police and the police didn't even get back to him, apparently. Oh, that's so awful that to file had got lost when and then he was wrong. just, he'd built up the confidence to tell someone no one had got back to him. Kind of the guy at the gate, I suppose, for you. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's what it, yeah. If if that's what would have happened, it would have been, Yeah, Because you, know, you could have gone different. like, oh, okay, yeah. see you tomorrow. Yeah. And then gone, I don't know, pit top somewhere or something and just, yeah, exactly. yeah. just ended um, it. So yeah, I, I think about that guy all the time and everything I do, like. It's the butterfly effect. Yeah, into yeah. these little things, they they make such a big difference. You know, yeah, if that yeah. guy, it, like I said, if you'd have had a different attitude that day, okay, I'll come back tomorrow. Then whatever, and you'd have been angry at that person. Like, yeah, I'll yeah. show you. I'll show you. Come back tomorrow. You know what I mean? And then gone and, and yeah, followed yeah. through. So yeah. now it's um, it's, it's it's so he's released on bail. Released Sorry, on I'm, going, yeah. I'm going. No, back no, to no it's me. That's uh, no, no, no. Don't worry. That's yeah. a, you're absolutely right. You know, yeah, to yeah. speak about that. Um, he's released on bail. Um. So, so I'm guessing there's quite a bit of investigation they're going to have to do into this. Yeah, there's going to be messages. Really, and one of the biggest annoyance in this is, right, he got one of his mates to go and get his computers for him. Oh, dude. Which is obviously valuable evidence. And we didn't find out till a few days later when we went back to the house. Yeah. So um, I spoke to my mum again and that. Um, 
over the phone she was like i believe you fully and everything like that and then what a relief I, that must yeah, have been i saw her and like embrace and stuff like that and we didn't talk about it it's something that we don't talk about much still now not because it's just a hard topic but just because i don't really like to do it, it takes me back yeah she was there when it happened it takes me back to it it's not a nice feeling so we just sort of live like that how does she um, find it is she you know can she can she face it? Is it harder for her than it is for you? Does she I blame she, herself at all? Or I, I don't know. I haven't asked her. I'm sure she does. I'm sure that obviously is. I think it's natural. Yeah, of uh, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But these people are so good at, sadly, they're so good at what they do. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I I don't blame anyone. I blame him. Why yeah, would I place blame no, anyone I'm else? Absolutely like, right. Yeah, yeah. Like he, oh, I'm not for one minute. I don't blame oh, you. No, no, <laughs> no, yeah, no. Yeah, no, no, not at all. Saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just clarifying. Like I, I don't blame anyone. Maybe assume as much as he manipulated you and controlled you, he, he very well could have done the same thing to your mum as well. Like, everyone did, around, say, everyone yeah. around the family. Yeah, yeah. He, he manipulated he had everyone. everyone under his control, and yeah. he was this big guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This big oh, yeah, like, like I said his name, but yeah, I can bleep it. I'll bleep yeah. it. Um, but yeah, it was like oh, he's here, center of the party. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what it was like. Um, and yeah, so where was we at? <laughs> <laughs> he's bailed. Yeah, he's bailed um, again. Right, okay. So and he's and got he's, out on he's, bail. He's, he's had his friend computers. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's um, right. And he's staying in um, a hotel in town. Uh, I only know this because his friend um, his friend told us, told my mum, um, and was like, why did you take the computers to him? Mm -hmm. And it was like, yeah, you're weird, mate. Like, why would, you, why would you do that? Like, <laughs> so the, uh, off the cuff way of putting it, you're weird, mate. Yeah, <laughs> well, it doing? is. It's, it's like, well, it is weird. Why, why would you do that? Like, but, what I'm trying to, like, I didn't trust him at all. Like, yeah. what are you, what are you playing at? What you don't yeah. give someone who's been, yeah, I think my thought would be, are you do you do this? That's yeah, what I'd yeah, be thinking. Honestly, or you, or you like, at least know, and yeah. You, yeah, and I, and you know what, that guy, I press him all the time. I always like message him on messenger and i say stuff like oh have you found that what have you where is it because he said he lost some of his stuff i'm like yeah sure you have oh yeah um but yeah so he's really, really been released on bail he's got all his computers he's uh apparently he's getting drunk uh apparently he got a prostitute stuff like that he's like acting crazy Destru um, uh, destructive yeah, yeah destructive um and i don't hear out of him I don't hear out from him for ages. Yeah. Next thing I hear um, is that he's gone to Thailand. Oh, right. Which is a country known for child trafficking. Yep. It's um, yeah. White male, white wealthy males go to Thailand and abuse kids. That's what, you know. It's a, it's a stereotype what, yeah. for a reason, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, which pissed me off and I say to the police, like, how is this allowed? Um, it does seem interesting he's allowed to go, travel internationally yeah, even yeah. something like that so, and I don't yeah. know what how that works or not to the be honest the case so. went on for so long like I think it was two and a two three years might have been three just under three yeah. years um, and yeah it was such a long process I went and did another video because in my first one I was too scared to say some details and so I went back and gave some of the details and evidence we found the hidden camera boxes and stuff, which was a huge piece of evidence as yeah, well. Good. Um, and then they got hold of his work laptop, so they got hold of one computer. Yeah. And they found stuff on that. They they wouldn't tell me exactly what it was because apparently it was to do with other victims. Um, right. So it's like we had all this evidence building up. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, the case is starting to get heavy against him. Yeah, massive. Point. Like yeah. this compared to the other ones that had happened in the past, because he'd have it had two cases and one other allocation um jesus yeah he was a serial abuser yeah um and 
this was the one that was going to get him basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had he so was much done. on him. Yeah, he was done. And he, and he would have known this. And I know that he was living around town uh, for a while. And then I get a, a call from police. They're like, oh, we're, we're getting to a stage now where we're going to take it to court. He's it, been charged. So it's like CPS have to choose to prosecute someone. That's what happened. It's a process. They have yeah. to say, right. Um, yeah, we're taking this court, uh, this case to court. Yeah. Because why would they, you know, if they didn't have enough evidence, they wouldn't want to put a survivor through that process. Yeah. So we like, we got the go ahead to like get this guy. So he would have received yeah. a letter saying, uh, you are being charged with child sexual abuse, rape, whatever it was. Like he had a huge list. Like you're to um, appear at, yeah. on this summons. day. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, summons. Um, and then they told me they'd sent the letter out. And then a week later, I get another call from uh, the police officer. Uh, it would now it was Adam at the start it was the first guy that interviewed me and then now it was Joe they'd swapped um, uh, like a few years in but they were both there at the beginning is that right? Uh, no Adam so, was the one that was there at the beginning oh I thought Adam yeah. and Joe were both there my apologies no and yeah then, Adam okay. was there at the beginning Joe took on the role after he left okay um, and then now we're at a point where Joe calls me okay and she's like, I really need to speak to you ASAP. And I'm studying Medawar <laughs> in Primark. And I'm like, all right, yeah. Well, I, I thought, oh, the case ain't going to go through. That's not initial bad. thought. Yeah. I thought, oh, the case ain't going to go through. Some, they found you knew something, something had happened. Yeah, I yeah. thought, yes, yeah, something's not not good here. Uh, and then we get back and she's waiting in the car outside my house. So I'm like, God, she's got here eagerly. Like, I was like, oh, God. And she's with Adam the first police officer that I ever told my story like to. Right. So it's like this weird, weird, weird moment that I'm seeing the guy that I first told everything to. Yeah. It was like the end of a film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well. Literally like it is. Film. Yeah. Um, and the like got these really like serious faces on They come inside and they say, um, Ryan, um, they said his full name has passed yeah. away. So I'm like, what? how they can't end this way like surely yeah. this, like how yeah and i've seen that um yeah. that that had happened yeah from your stuff that you've put out there and i my first thought is like do you feel cheated by that do you feel like it's unjust you didn't never got to face the music how do you feel about that yeah that's i do feel there is a part of me that feels like you know, justice wasn't done. Like, for, not just for me, but I, I felt this pressure to get justice for everyone else. Yeah, like, this, yeah. I felt like it was all on me to get this guy. Because you were the one who, you got the evidence, you know, yeah, you, you yeah. were in that position. Who was ready to get it. You had him banged to rights. That, you know what I mean? That's what yeah, they're saying yeah. it. Like, he was ready to go. Like, you, and yeah, he obviously yeah. knew, clearly. He did know, yeah. It was, like I said, a week after he got the letter that he was being charged. And, and then, um, yeah, I felt like he got the easy way out, basically. I felt like it wasn't justice. He got the easy way out. The only sense of peace that I get is that he can't do it yeah, to anyone else. Gone. That's true. He could have got away with it. You know how court works. You know how these yeah. cases work. He could have still got away with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he goes on and abuses more. So, yeah, it was it was a mix of emotions. Uh, still is. Yeah. Still now, like, I think it'll always be through my life. But, yeah. Yeah. We said in um, the episode with Nat, uh, talking about those two murderers, mm -hmm. about how they were not given the death sentence. They were sentenced to life in prison and how I think death is too easy for these people. For these types of people, yeah. And I agree with that. You should be made. Because imagine, so imagine you get arrested, you know, whatever, you go to prison for crimes like this. You're forced to face it at that point, surely. You can run from it when you're on the outside. You can run from it and you can, 
spread your hurt and hate unto other people by affecting them, abusing them, putting them down about their appearance, like yeah, you know, yeah. with your mum and your sister, and controlling people and having this 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 pantomime that you think you seem to run. But when you're in prison and you're in a cell and you just sat there and you're thinking, I'm here as a result of my actions, yeah. you are faced with reality of who yeah, you yeah. are, what you've done. And the thing is, paedophiles and child sex offenders are like bottom of the barrel in prison. Exactly. Oh, that was like, I was about 100%. to say that. Like for me it was that exposure. Like he he cared so much about what people thought of him. He was a narcissist. So yeah. like every, what meant what meant the most to him is that people liked him. Yeah. You know I mean, not like from like not me exterior wise mm -hmm. more like his groups the perception stuff. of him yeah yeah the perception good, of him like yeah, yeah. For the party typical kind of narcissist yeah. yeah um and so like i wanted to be able to be that person that goes yeah and expose him like in front of it you yeah, know what actually, i mean you're a mug yeah because i can't you can't yeah. say anything about it before it goes to court yeah, no, yeah. I, I can't yeah i mean I, I can't say his name i can't show a picture of him um and so it was like yeah i wanted i wanted him to face that public thing and he never did would you have been standing up in court yeah yeah i was Jesus ready to, to to do it so i'd built that up as well it was like it was so close You're as scared well facing that like, i would be yeah i was I w i'm quite an anxious person so it was like i couldn't Im i had so many dreams about it as well like facing him again and like i couldn't imagine like seeing his face yeah because i always describe it as this as well when i when i got out of abuse it was like that was one part of my like this was one life and then I started another life. Yeah. I don't see myself as that same person. It's still it's very separated in in my mind through dissociation. Mm. Um so yeah, it, it it it's it's a weird feeling. Um but yeah. So you've kind of separated your childhood and your life yeah, now. Yeah, that, yeah. That's that's exactly what's happened. I don't relate. I don't cuz obviously it's hard to remember everything from back then and yeah, dissociation I have a, a, a condition called depersonalization which is a dissociative disorder there's depersonalization derealization disorder and dissociative amnesia um mixed personality disorder they're all in the same bracket so depersonalization is the experience of feeling out of body emotionally perceptionally so um the way i can describe it is you stood there and all of a sudden you're looking down on yourself but not yeah. visually more perceptual like yeah like you feel like your soul is above your body i can't describe it you're it's watching that documentary thing. where adam comes at the end and you think it's like it's like you're watching it it's yeah like you're yeah, not yeah. in it you're you you're seeing yeah. it happen to someone else but it's you yeah that's yeah. exactly what it is and it's also emotionally so like i've gone through points where i'm like so numb to everything because mm. i've i spent years in this state of fight or flight yeah like anxiousness and yeah, and then when imagine. you're out yeah, of that it it's like your body's so used to feeling things that even little emotions you struggle to feel yeah, because you will have been stressed. I know it's like a, a weird word to use, but your body will have been in a state of stress yeah, pretty much constantly, constant yeah. for, well, eight years yeah. at minimum because yeah. that's that's the period of the abuse. Is that right? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to supersede that because even afterwards you've got that, what if it comes back for me? You know, all those yeah, emotions yeah. you were going through. And I did go through a stage like just after, a couple of months after where like I punished myself a lot. I stopped eating. I starved myself. Um, I lost so much weight. I think I lost like one and a half stone. And I Jeez, was already yeah. skinny. Like I, I was really, really skinny. I had to go to A&E because I had like ketones uh, in my urine, which is where your body starts eating at its own fat stores or something. Yeah, to, um, as a preservation thing. Yeah, yeah. So my body had gone into like starvation mode. Um, and yeah, I was like sitting in all day. I left college, quit my college course, left work. I just sat in all day staring at the walls like, yeah.
and that was such a hard thing to to get through and and you know little little like changes in my life like when I got my puppy um like getting out of the house and stuff like that really helped so people who because there will be people who are stuck in that still like um people can go through years of punishing themselves yeah. themselves for something that wasn't their fault the abuse and stuff so just getting out there being active and and pushing yourself in order to heal you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable yeah you know i mean yeah. like putting yourself putting yourself through the memories um yeah I was going to ask, uh, what advice, this is the million dollar question, I guess. What advice would you give to someone who's going through something like this now um, in in any way relating to your story or maybe perhaps completely not something they're going through their own completely different story, but they're, they're suffering some sort of trauma. What, As a survivor, mm-hmm. what advice would you give to that person if you could possibly reach out to them now and, and say something to them to yeah, help yeah. them? What would it be? If they're currently going through it, I'd just say it's not as scary as you think. Like I said earlier, it's not as scary as you think it's going to be. It's it's like you build up this view of what you think is going to happen. Like you think everyone's going to reject you. You think people are going to think, you know, you're dirty and things like that. When I spoke up, people like I've seemed to have more respect for me and, and – I always like change I've got it. tons of respect for you, oh, man. Yeah. I've just I'm meeting you now for the first time. Yeah. I have tons of respect for you. Admiration it's, it's, I have for you t- t- yeah, t- telling you. us seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it's that swap of mindset. So this is what I say to people when they're struggling to, to deal with this, like speaking out and stuff. Is swap your mindset from thinking about the actual experience. So don't think about what happened, the sexual abuse, the act itself. Think about what it says about you that you've got through that. Yeah. Absolutely. And when you swap Strength for character. When, yeah, when you swap yeah. that mindset around and you think, hang on, I'm gonna be proud that I've made made it through yeah, that and it, it makes it easier for people to speak out yeah um so so that's the main one just swapping your mindset and like i said the mo- the most important thing about healing if if it's someone who was you know got out of that situation but they still haven't spoke up about this is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable put yourself through the memories de- process the memories um and that's what they do in 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 things like EMDR, which is a, a treatment that a lot of survivors use, where it's like a hypnosis where it takes them back to the abuse. And and yeah, it's so important to to think about what happened and and, and yeah, allow yourself to process it. No, that's very powerful stuff, and I think that can sometimes make the difference as well between this abuse cycle that we were mentioning before from continuing. How you break that cycle is to actually instead of always looking forward and. I'm going to run away from this pain and it will catch up with you because it does. Trauma always will catch up Massively, with you. It yeah. will always find you at the time you expect it least. And if you run away from that and in 10 years time it comes back, guess what? You might you might shoot that out as abuse to somebody else. Whereas if you take the time, this is going to suck. <laughs> I'm going to go through the trauma. I'm going to go back through it. I'm going to unpick yeah. it. I'm going to, I'm going to go through those days. That will allow you to truly heal. I think that's... Um, where you're coming from on that and that's yeah, yeah. something that i'm hearing and it's hitting home to me and hopefully it's hitting home yeah yeah to birdie and, and uh, to people at home and and where did that come from like where did you because you have got some strength of character mate like you is, is there someone who inspired you did you read and and develop this perspective on life or did it just is it just you is it just your nature how you've ended up being able to deal with it like what sort of triggered this flipping perception because you were describing how you were down and out you were ready to go you were there and then obviously you have that relief of right i've shared this people believe me for one people aren't you know i'm not anything to be ashamed of i'm something to be proud of but then now to have this positive that you put into things like yeah i'm gonna 
raise money for charity. I mean, I know we're getting on, but I, I looked, you raised over 500 pound for charity, which was in the day, uh, the, um, Doncaster Free Press, they did a post on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, a few years before we raised a thousand as well yeah. for the same charity and Samaritans. Um, Where does that come from? How do you how do you get to that point of like, nah, this is it. My perception has changed. My perspective on life's changed. I'm going to be a positive. I'm going to make change. You know, I people always speak about the inner child, right? So the, the there is a child still within every single one of us that, you know, deals with, because everyone goes through trauma. Everyone yeah. goes through little traumas in their life. Um, and I always feel like I don't want his experiences to be wasted. I don't want to go through my life and think, well, that's my childhood gone for no reason. Yeah. Let me just go and get a nine to five job and move on. Yeah. I always hear this phrase, move on. Like, what does that mean? What? This was my life. This is all I've ever known. Yeah. The abuse that I faced was my whole childhood. It's, it's what I understand. And, and so am I going to throw, am I going to, like waste them eight years in a way, Let, allow them eight years to just be wasted for no reason, no and, meaning behind it at all. And in risk, waste more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because it, like you say, it comes back to get you yeah. if, if, if you don't do these things. So to me, it's like, if I can find value in what happened to me, then that, that'll that be everything. Like that'll mean everything. So like my life goal now is to to make as much difference as I can to make, to help people speak up as much as I can and, and yeah, just make, you know, make use out of that. And where I got it from, I, I, I couldn't tell you. Like, it's just, I don't know. I honestly don't know. <laughs> in a way, yeah. I mean, I guess the, the clickbait guy in me wants there to be some magic answer. <laughs> but do you know what? In, in the actual reality of it, I think it's testament to yourself that you don't really have an answer for that. Yeah. I think that's a, that's yeah. a, a testament to the character that you clearly are is, you know what, I don't know, I just don't know any other way of being yeah. other than yeah. being, just my being positive my, now. Yeah, the way my mind works is that, like, I can't I can't just let go of that. I can't, yeah. my, the police officer, Joe, she's she's amazing and everything like that, but she always says move on and it's, it's like, oh, he's, he's passed away now, he, you can move on. And she says it in a nice way. And, I, and yeah, I really yeah. Think, it's coming from a good place kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah, and she's an amazing person, but... Like that's just not me. I can't just. I can't. You can't and don't yeah, want yeah. to. Let's I don't want to. Want to. Yeah, it's not always a case of not moving on. Like I'm gonna sit up crying about it all the time. It's yeah. a case of I'm gonna harness this. Yeah, yeah using it, it for yeah, something yeah. else. Using yeah. it for good. Like like you're wanting to yeah, yeah. to help yeah. other people. Yeah, make yeah. you just make value out of it. Yeah, um, and that's just like I say. It's just where my mind goes to with this. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> good stuff in it. I'm I'm chuffed for that. Uh, I was. I've one last sort of uh, meaning one for you, yeah. meaningful one for you. And it's that we've, you've sort of touched on it a little bit anyway, but we all suffer trauma um, in some degree, in, in some capacity and everyone's life subjective and it's not ever a game of top trumps. You know, we all go through different stuff. You're allowed to feel sad about whatever. Yeah. But trauma then I, for me, does come back if you don't deal with it. I've suffered that myself. Um but, but it's interesting that the repercussions of this trauma presents itself in funny ways, in my opinion. And uh, so like, for example, with me, it's, it's always been a real self-destructive cycle. So like my gambling addictions or using, you know, prescription drugs, getting drunk, other drugs, <laughs> it's like bad things. Um, and it'd be a really like, man was like a, you're not good enough sort of thing. But it's weird because that's quite adverse from the trauma I suffered. So you wouldn't necessarily put two and two together. Mm. And it took me a while to connect that, those dots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with a bit of counseling and a bit of just reflection and reading and stuff, 
have you had anything like that? Like, does your, it's, it's sort of like whack-a-mole, like you hit something here and then something comes up over there and you think, well, how are those two linked? Like, has your trauma presented itself in any interesting, weird ways? Like, do you have a bit of uh, imposter syndrome to your life now, maybe? Like, do you think this was my reality for so long, it feels almost abstract to me now to have like freedom? Or like, yeah. is there anything that you suffer with still now on a day-to-day? Yeah, like there's a, there's a few things that come to mind. Like I have, re- I have health anxiety, which is like a, a weird one, but I think it's the way my brain's replaced the constant worry. Like it's replaced it with this other thing. So like you have to worry about something. Yeah, like right. if I get a small symptom, like I think oh, I've got cancer. Yeah, I'm dying now. Three yeah, months yeah, to yeah. live. Like that's a huge one for me. Like, <laughs> um, and other things. So obviously the dissociation is a huge one. Yeah. Uh, that still reappears all the time. But well, that's obviously one you expect. But um, but yeah, it, it main like I say, mainly the health anxiety is 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 the main one I can think of. So but, that's um, filled the gap that yeah. your body thinks it needs. But with to the fill. freedom thing, like when I like I went through this stage where I was like the realization of like, oh my god, I'm actually like free now. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my, like I'd just go out on long walks for hours just yeah. on my own, just because I could. Yeah, like, I'd yeah. Turn, I'd literally turn my phone off. Yeah, just go on massive walks. It must be so freeing. Yeah, yeah, it was. That's what it was like. And like now, I do. I do my running and stuff. Turn off my phone, and I can just run as long as I want. I don't have to think someone's, yeah. you know, calling me up. Someone wants me to be home quick, and you Come know, on when you want. Yeah, I can do what I want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it, and for a survivor, it feels so. In a way, I've got this like this excitement about my life now because I, I've never experienced that, and now I've got this got this thing. So yeah, yeah. Newfound freedom. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Have you anything else you would like to put to Ryan whilst we have him? Yeah, I, think, I think we've covered a lot of bases there. We have covered a lot of ground. <laughs> um, what I want to say just before I do sign off with with Ryan is, you know, we will put, if you are somebody who's suffering or somebody who is um, reflecting on suffering or anything, or you know someone who is, we're going to have a look, find some good charities, get them in the description down below. People you can call. We were, of course, going to ask Ryan for his recommendations. They'll be in the, They'll be in the description down below. The big message from us, and I'm sure echoed from Ryan, is you are not alone with these things. And speaking is the most powerful thing you can do. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, if you are listening or you are watching, and this affects you, then by all means, do you know what? My our email is always underneath. Email us if you need someone to speak to. I don't care. I don't judge. Yeah. Ryan, I'm sure he extends it as far as that as well. Like, ultimately, we will beat these people, and you know, we don't have to live in. You don't have to live in their reality that they create for you. Um, thank you so 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 much ryan for coming on thanks for having me guys I think you're a legend mate first time <laughs> meeting you, you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> i know it's been heavy but like i just find it inspirational how open you are and how willing yeah. you are to share that message yeah, seriously um i always think like is. think about the message it's giving out uh, to, yeah. to other young guys out there if i'm just here talking to other two other guys about yeah. sexual sexual abuse like they're, they're gonna think oh so it's okay to think about it and that's exactly what i want and it me, is me and luke always yeah. say um whenever we sp- i'd like deeper episodes like this on the podcast if one person watching it watches it and thinks Genuinely, bloody hell, that, yeah. that, that that's me that yeah. and I, I need help now just one person then you've oh it's so worth you've it. saved one person exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and you know what like i'll put all this work into my podcast to my page everything like if i like literally if i can save one person yeah then I'll, I'll dedicate my life to that honestly well that's right. that's the biggest thing i say about talking about these charities i've said before and obviously the first links will be to ryan and to all his stuff you've got somebody there who 
will speak with you you know yeah we have this a, a, a club called the survivors club we're working on a website and an app for that um, but at the minute it's a Amazing. group chat we have a group of survivors there's 15 of us uh, but we need in more space um there's like 15 on the wait like on the sort of waiting list yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to get another thing so uh, yeah, Survivors Club is massive. Uh, once we've got the website and that for that, um, I can pop you on 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 the. Let us know. We will promote yeah, the crap yeah. out of it. Hundred percent. We thank might you, only yeah. be a small voice, but we're a voice nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, any last? If you if well, I've been asking this this season, and I'm throwing you under the bus, I'm throwing everyone under the yeah, bus. Fine, yeah. There's one <laughs> thing that you could say to the world, Ryan Gasby. One bit of advice or a pearl of wisdom you could chuck out there just before we go. What would it be? Look for light. Always look for light in every single situation. That's amazing. Yeah, that's the, that. I, that was on my mind straight away. You know, like you've got no matter what situation it is, there'll always be light. And people always give that advice that you know to make your day better. Think about every win that you have in every situation. So on a bad day, what do you point out? Oh, you've, you've slipped here. Oh, I've got dirt on my new trainers. You get to your car. Oh, my car's being faulty. You pick out all these negatives, but while you trip over and get some, you know, dirt on your trainers, you might have missed. I don't know something else that that's positive. You know, just making your mind aware of all the positives in your day can make the world a difference. Well, we've seen what the light. Lovely sentiment to put. Exactly. <laughs> and what a brilliant one to end on. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank, yeah, thank you as you always, guys, yeah. Christopher Birds. My pleasure, mate. Thank you, obviously, the viewer, the listener. Um, please do make sure that, you know, you get this one around. It's such an important, massive one to us. And if you're affected by anything or you want to just reach out to us, all the information will be there down below. Massively appreciate you coming on, Ryan. You've been unbelievable brilliant thanks guys um, very grateful and uh, you're more than welcome whenever and if you ever need us for anything we'll be there and we'll promote whatever oh, thank he's you. doing thank you both um, we'll see you next week won't we, we? of course we will uh, keep being amazing make sure you like it make sure you subscribe to it and we'll see you bye <laughs> <laughs> done Wait, that was incredible oh. mate thank you so much that's alright yeah, mate. mate yeah really good Stay with me.